This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains no spoilers, but does mention Pride and Prejudice. There's also conversations surrounding suicide, self-harm, and domestic abuse. everybody and welcome to a court of fandoms and exploration your weekly deep dive into the ya literature and fandoms that we love i'm laura marie and i'm jessica marie and today we are discussing the cult classic movie practical magic and this is based off of a novel by the same name by alice hoffman and to start off i want to say that i have hair icons in my life and two of them are in this movie <laughs> Uh, my other hair icon is Jennifer Love Hewitt and Can't Hardly Wait. Um, Jess, do you have hair icons and are they in this movie? I mean, the layers that Nicole Kidman has in this movie is just the layers and the volume and the I bangs. Mean, like, yeah. <sighs> I mean, I, you know how long I, I'm still a bangs girly. They're not so much side, you know, side bangs and swoopy, but I'm a bangs girl <laughs> through and through. Now I still have curtain bangs. Um, not at the recording of this episode. I have my hair and headband, but it's still, I mean, there's something of, it still feels very, as much as it feels very nineties, it still feels very timeless. It does. It, oh my gosh, practical magic. I, lo- I love this movie so much. Uh, Throwing back to something, Jess, that you said when our Chicago episode, you said that Chicago is a movie that you can watch over and over and over again. You you can stop and then immediately start it again. That is practical magic for me. I love this movie. I will watch it. I will finish it. Like today, I watched it. I finished it and I immediately started it over. I uh, I just I just love it so much. There are so many reasons why I love it and we will go through them. But the hair, the hair is just something that I cannot let go of. It is iconic um, because we get to see Nicole Kidman in her red hair, her straight red hair, and Sandra Bullock in her full, like, this is 98, I believe, uh, 98 hair glory. It is just fantastic. Um, Jess, is this the first time you've seen this movie? No, finally, I can say no, it's not. We saw it was like one of our, you know, when we do one of our girls weekends, you're like, this is one of the first movies that we did. And I think we did it last year. And then I came out just a couple of weeks ago. We were like, let's let's put practical, you know, let's put practical magic on again. And I mean, it was perfect fall weather, right? We had the windows were open. It was kind of like dreary. The, the, you know, it was a rainy day in the mountains. So those were, you know, the clouds were coming over and we opened everything and we were just like lights off watching the movie, just, just vibing it out. And I I think this is, I've probably watched it three times at this point, but now that I've started, it's, I, 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 it's one of those movies that you don't want to limit to just, you know, fall you kind of want it you know it's definitely a comfort movie in a in a weird way but for multiple different reasons again that we'll go into in this episode 
it is a comfort movie for a lot of ways. It is a cult movie. This movie uh, did not have success at the box office. This movie found its success in the uh, home video market of, um, you know, the late 90s. Did not succeed at the box office, which was surprising to like everybody. Uh, I have fun facts that I will sprinkle throughout. Um, starting off, uh, Sandra Bullock did this movie because Speed 2 was a flop for her. And uh, she said that she was no longer going to do blockbuster movies. So she did Hope Floats, which I love Hope Floats. I saw Hope Floats when I was in grade school. I was very young, very young when I saw Hope Floats. And it has like a very special like place in my heart. And then she did this like right after. So it's like, these are time capsules for me. It's like, I know exactly where I was when I watched it. I know who I was with and like where, yeah, it's very special. Oh, I love that. That's so great. <laughs> no, I just, I like, I knew that she did, I guess that she was going more, I don't want to say rom-com, but more like sisterhood and romance route, I guess, from what you're saying after Speed 2. To no one's surprise, I never saw the first one or the second one. So, um, but I did see Hope Floats. Again, that's probably no surprise. Um, but she's just, she's timeless. I mean, both of them are timeless. This whole cast, all the characters. I mean, the first time I watched this... Um, I didn't even all I knew Stalker Channing was from Greece and had no idea that she had this whole other, you know, range, honestly. And how happy I was when she came on screen and the character that she played, a beloved character, easily. Tell me about the characters. All right. So we have Sally, who's played by Sandra Bullock, and she has two daughters, Antonia and Kylie, who we find out. Kylie is actually played by Evan Rachel Wood. Um, and then you have Jillian, who's also called Jillian the film. That is Nicole Kidman. Sally and Jilly are sisters. And you have the aunts, Aunt Frances, who's played by Stucker Channing. You have Aunt Jet. Then you, I mean, and I'll say like the key, you know, key people and characters in the show or in the movie. And then you have, um, Gary Hallett, who plays the detective and James Angeloff, who plays or who is the abusive ex-boyfriend, who, um, also like unalived a ton of other people. And Jillian finds herself in a relationship with at some point. At some point, yes. At some point, at some point, <laughs> at some point. Uh, our our movie starts with um something that is very important with Maria. She was the first witch in the family, and uh, Maria was a heartbreaker. Maria was pregnant. Maria was banished because she was a witch, and she uh, curses. You know, she doesn't want to feel the pain of love that turns into a curse. That's the plot of the movie. Uh, every woman, or okay, every Owens woman, um. When they fall in love, that man will die when they hear the ticking of the beetle. Right. And that curse was put on because Maria's lover left her high and dry in her exile. Yes. Never came for her. Um, the line is like, no one ever came. So that is the plot of the movie. All the men die. And uh, because of that, and because they live on a small island, they have a reputation. So they grow. Um, so the the women grow up because they are witches, um, being, like, taunted by the town. That's our plot. Uh, I have to talk about the house. <laughs> I think every everyone that watches this movie has to talk about the house. Um, the house is what dreams are made of. The, 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 the house is, like, what heaven looks like. The house is paradise. The house is nirvana. The house is all the things. It's perfect. It's, I mean... 
every time you, I mean, between you have the conservatory, you have the garden, you have the attic, you have the spiral staircase. I mean, it's perfect. I want to say Victorian style-esque. I don't know if that, that's probably like the closest equivalent that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, And it's overlooking the water. It's on this cliff. It's kind of isolated, but still close enough to like where you want to go. So you don't feel like you're completely in the rural if that's kind of what you're looking for. Great. But like you kind of kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, Then, Laura, what was one of the facts that Barbara Streisand wanted this house? Went to buy it because she's Babs. And lo and behold, that is when, you know, just like how we all find out, it's not real. That house does not exist in real life. It does not exist in real life. Fun facts about this. Okay. Okay. So I have the locations of where the film was shot and like the towns and stuff. But the house, uh, they built an exterior shell on location on... um. I believe it's what San Juan Island. They built a shell, but the location that they chose was like a sacred burial site. So they so they struck a deal where they built a platform that was like up over the burial site so that nothing was disturbed. And then they oh. built the shell so they could do the exterior shots. And then um, they built the insides like other places. Like on sets or yeah. created sets. Yeah. And, and then as soon as they didn't need the exterior shots, they immediately had to take it down. That was like the deal that they cut. Uh, and it's so disappointing because I just want it so badly. <sighs> just like Barbara Streisand. But if she couldn't get it, then like, that's you know that's fair. Her <laughs> like then none of us have then none that of us hope. then none of us can have it if, if she couldn't have it. But trigger warning here: there's a lot of dying by a broken heart. We know what that is. We know what that is without saying what that is. Uh, that happens. That happens to parents a lot here. It happens to moms a lot in this movie. Um, dying of a broken heart. So we get a lot of orphans, and that's how um, Sandra Bullock and so Jilly and Sally end up at the aunt's house. And that's also how Kylie, Sally, and Antonia end up back at the aunt's house because um, Sally's husband dies because the curse is real. Curses are real. Magic is real, right? Oh my gosh. The shot that I love here, though, is the repetition shot of little Sally and Jillian walking into the house with their braids Mm. in their dresses. Like when they're young, when they're first walking in, right? And then Sally and her girls walking in and the girls are dressed the same way, you know, the whole thing. But it's different because Sally's like jaded and like sad. I love, I love the like, just the, I love it. I love it. It's just, it's just really good. Um, I was bullied severely in school. Were you bullied severely in school? I can't think of a time I wasn't bullied. I'm bullied even as an adult in workplace situations. So I cannot imagine. Um, being yelled at, being witch, witch, you're a bitch. That's mean. That's mean for a kid. But also, like, they are witches. So I absolutely, completely understand Kylie just, like, cursing the shit out of that kid and giving him chicken pox. Like, good on you. And I love that it was that he actually got chicken pox. Yeah, he did. It's confirmed, yeah. Realistically, (laughs) realistically, in school at that time, I mean, chicken pox, I mean, this is before, I mean, I don't know when the chicken pox vaccine came out. Um, I didn't get the vaccine. I had actual chicken pox. So um, that's typically around the age that you start getting it. So 
if it was already going around the school, it just probably became like this time, you know, like, oh, well, that was bad timing. Um, but I, I would have absolutely put something on somebody else, you know, and if it happened, you're like, well, well didn't mean to manifest that. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoops. Uh, jumping around a little bit, going back. Uh, I love the transition from like the kids, uh, the kid, Sally and Jillian. And then all of a sudden we get uh, the adult Sally and Jillian, I say like adult, but like Sally's in her glasses and her braids and Jillian. Like I, I would say like the high school version, yeah, like not high yeah. school, like the college, because that's when, um, Jilly is like, you know, a little bit, a little boy crazy. And she's like, I won't say boy crazy. She wears her heart on her sleeve and she, when she falls, she falls quickly and deeply. And that person becomes her entire world outside of her relationship with her sister um, to the point where she's going to run off with this new boy, throws a overnight bag and she's like, <laughs> oh, runs into the wind. And her sister's like, but like, are you ever coming back? And they share the bond and they share a blood bond. And I remember one of, one of the things I said, I go, they're, they're, they're sisters. They're actually, I think they might be twin. Are they twin sisters? No. Okay. But they're sisters. They have the same blood. So it was like, that seems counterproductive, but you're like, it's symbolic. And but later we know that their blood bond is what helps them like, you know, because they're witches, because of magic, they get to know when the other is just like deeply needing the other person and just drops everything for them. The cut can be anywhere. <laughs> I know. It doesn't have to be. I still have the fucking scar from where I cut my palm just on the, on the, the door lock when I was living in Germany. I cut it there. Um, I'm, it can be anywhere. It does not have to be your palm. The thing that you need to do, like literally fucking anything that you need to, to, mm, no. You know, it could be like the back of your, you know, it could be like your elbow. It could be like elbow. Could be your out, like your elbow. It could be like your forearm. It could be your ear. Literally, like anything that just. Uh, I will never understand. I understand dramatics, right? But like practicality, like oh my God, just I'll just build. I'll just dig. You know, make another little hill and stand on it, and then die <laughs> because you know. I am sadly just a normal, regular white girl. And as <laughs> such, there are certain songs that strike something deep inside of me that, that, that just like make me become a, a crazy version of myself. And Faith Hill's This Kiss is one of those that I will just, as soon as I hear that opening, like, I will drop everything that I'm doing and just belt that. Uh, so every time I hear this, uh, in this in this uh, love spell scene that we have here, uh, the buildup is such a fucking tease because it's instrumental for like the first couple minutes and you're just like singing it in your head. You're like, okay, okay, okay. And then um, Sandy starts running because she runs. That's the only um, mode of transportation in this town is running. For, for the Owens women. <laughs> she's running into town with the dogs behind her, and I just love it. Well, the devastation of that scene, um, and like, you know, a little bit, like a couple minutes after, because obviously he, her, the, the guy she falls in love with is unalived. Um, 
I knew that I hadn't seen this movie until last year. Um, but I, I knew some of the, I knew two things. I knew of Midnight, like I, not even Midnight Margaritas. I knew of the four of them dancing around the table in the kitchen. I didn't know what that was in reference to, but I had like that moment of pop culture through memes or whatever. That was already in my head. And I knew this moment of her running to him with that song playing. Those are the only two things that I knew about this movie. Oh, and then like the house. Everybody knows the house. Everybody knows the house. When I started, when we started watching that movie, and then I found out that that was the beginning of the movie and not how the movie ends, because in my head, that was the only stuff that I knew. I was like, ooh, happy, happily ever after, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we know this. If you've been following the podcast, it's like that. W- I, I come from like a contemporary romance background. That's my shit. When I saw that at the beginning of the movie, I was floored because at that same moment, and Laura, you and both Sam were there, I was Oh no, he's gonna die. I knew it. I was like, that's not a good sign. And you were just laughing because I was connecting all the things right there. We're just like, oh no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. Cause then the beetle starts to go and then he's like, ah, oh, with the bikers and he like has, he like accepts it, whatever. And then bam, with a truck. Um, yeah. it's, it's very city of angels. If you've ever seen that, uh, with a truck, uh, just uh, fuck dude that sucks that sucks it uh, just sucks just as hard as jimmy angeloff who sucks pretty hard uh he sucks real bad real bad uh the director changed his character uh jimmy is supposed to be from texas but the director changed his character to reflect his um kind of like heritage bulgarian so that's a little mm. little change which you know fun uh god he sucks he sucks but like i totally get why jillian would go for him i totally get it i get it like whatever jillian you know that's fine uh maybe not let it go so far maybe not let it go so far like how sally is like you're 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 drugging your boyfriend to to get sleep some things yeah she was like something hear yourself yeah something's not okay there and jillian's like don't judge well you know judgment here well at the time, and I think because, like, you know that they're witches, she she would jokingly say, he's a vampire. But he pretty much is if he's not, like, he stayed inside when she was partying at the pool or in the shade or something. And then she's drugging him to even sleep. So, like, you know, different vampire lore is either they only sleep during the day or vampires don't sleep at all. They don't need sleep. So hearing that it's like oh okay so maybe he is of some sort of myth you know mythic lore background <laughs> yeah it's never like explicitly said he j- and he just like comes back it's like a ghost to like terrorize everybody but it is like a, a little detail oh my god uh, but he does wear a silver ring which i find interesting uh the the so jillian drugs drugs him and he and jillian goes back to sally because she has a feeling and she you know knows that sally's husband died as sally is very depressed um just when we watched this i said this is another sisters under the blanket moment uh just like pride and prejudice uh you know they're under the blanket they're doing their like little sister thing and like giggling and like talking and stuff and like bonding and we love that we absolutely love that no oh, i i mean sometimes people think like all the emotions and the build-up is at the end of a movie um, you know, and then you're like, you know, whether it's the waterworks or like just tearing up and that 
part is always so special because not only are they sisters, because obviously they're sisters by blood, but I think what's so lovely about their sister relationship is not only are they sisters, but they're friends by choice. Just because you're sisters with somebody doesn't mean you need to be friendly or have a relationship with them. And I think that's just so beautifully reflected in this scene because you just hear them. You hear like... I don't know their relationship outside of this movie, but you just hope that they have a good relationship with each other because you just hear it like, I mean, and they're also just like amazing actors. Um, I missed you. Like that was all. And it was just like, I, I was, cause it's just so special. And obviously people know who, if you've been following our podcast, the importance of those, you know, the sisterhood, those female relationships, because the good and the strong ones are few and far between. Just as I said earlier that there are a couple uh, songs that get me like, I'm going to say White Girl Wasted. This is another one. Uh, this is Lisa Loeb. Lisa Loeb songs. Lisa Loeb songs. Uh, also, Strike a Chord in Me and Really Get Me Going. And the Lisa Loeb that is playing when Sally is writing this sad-ass, sappy-ass letter. I really feel it. I feel it. Like, oh, my God. It is really something. And she's just like, there's a hole inside of me. I'm laughing, but it is very sweet. Uh, she's like, I have a hole inside of me. Um, I want to be seen. I want to be loved. Uh, and we get that great shot of Sandra Bullock, like blowing the candle, you know, and it like, oh, and the, the stir. Uh, she's doing like little magic. Great scene. Uh, great letter uh, that plays in later so well. Um, very vulnerable. The, the, this was my thought, though. Very, very vulnerable to put in a letter to your like party girl sister who's like what what they 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 say like blowing through men. <laughs> and I think I mean, probably, literally and yeah, metaphorically, probably. Yeah, yeah. And I think Francis is like, she, you know, I she needs a man to blow through her. Like it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. That's well that's weird. why the sisters I, I mean that's part of their relationship, right? So Jilly leaves, the ants are who the ants are, because you know, you find out they're like you don't, you can choose to be nude at the full moon festival. You know, you recall. Um, it's a choice. You know, it's, and their relationship, I think it's just like, they're very different people, but that doesn't, you know, just because you're different doesn't mean the love that you have for each other. You know, you're allowed to be vulnerable. So, you know, Sandy writes this letter to Nicole. I mean, I'm saying like they're actually yeah, the characters. I know. <laughs> so, um, and it, it's, it's special because it's like she doesn't she doesn't have an outlet every you know she's ostracized in her community for being who she is um and she i mean even you see it when jilly comes back and she's just she wants to be at the top of the phone tree because who doesn't want to be oh my god appreciated? Don't, no. don't talk about the phone tree yet okay okay don't talk about the phone tree yet yeah no. but like you know she comes back and i think every now and then it's okay to be be vulnerable whether it's like talking to her but like at the end her her aunts are like even when they're you know what are they walking around town just going to the post office people are making comments and she just kind of keeps to herself and that's when the aunts create that spell for the the husband who dies very quickly who dies very quickly within like five seven years i don't know i don't know how old yeah they were old enough like they've been together long enough to have the kids at the age uh, that they are yeah like like seven I, I would say like kylie's like seven or eight but because of that curse that also like it's one of the many reasons why that 
Sally's so jaded because she's like, fuck this, fuck magic. Like, this sucks, you know? And that's part of the reason why later in the the movie that they say you can't, like, that's why this whole spell backlashed. You can't stick your nose up at this thing that's part of who you are, but also want it to work at your favor at the same time. Which you bring us exactly to what, what that is referencing to. Uh, so, so Jimmy, Jimmy's a little asshole. Jimmy hits, Jimmy hits Jilly and Sally knows this. She has like the intuition that something's wrong. I really like that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Sally's like out. She's doing something and, uh, the phone starts ringing and she's like, Jillian, it's Jillian, it's Jillian. And, um, the ants are coming down the stairs to get the phone too. And the ants are like, it's Jillian. She's like, I know. Uh, Jimmy, little asshole, hits Jillian uh, at the hotel, and Sally goes to go get her. And, she just bring her watch back. the girls. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, going to get Logan. Her. Yeah, go to get her. Uh, and you know, there's blood on the moon, and um, Jillian needs her tiger's eye necklace, so she has to go back. And then basically, uh, Sally and Jilly are kidnapped and they end up murdering Jimmy after a long monologue about Louis Lamore, which is very funny. Um, but, uh, they, they end up killing him with Belladonna. And then they have this whole thing of like, well, the ants said when your husband died that they wouldn't raise him from the dead, not that they couldn't raise him from the dead, which, which is an immediate red flag, like immediate immediate red flag like obviously we know we don't do this don't do this (laughs) don't ever do this but this is like one of those like i don't even i feel like it has to be spoken but uh, unspoken also necromantic i mean if there's anything you know whether you're pagan whether you practice witchcraft whatever your craft is i was under the impression just from watching Aladdin in the 90s is you don't bring people back from the dead. You don't practice necromancy. I feel like that is an unspoken spoken rule throughout a lot of things. Many things. All things, actually. <laughs> all, all things. And going back to what you said, Jess, about how, um, you know, Sally has a lot of potential for her magic and she doesn't use it. She doesn't want her kids to practice magic. She's very jaded. And Jillian says, like, later on, like, I wish I had half of your talent. Um, my criticism here is that these ladies do not finish this spell. And then they're walking around wondering why it doesn't work. They do not put the needles through the eyes. They oh, no, they jumped back. I fr- they yeah. jumped back. They do not finish the spell. That's why it backfired. No, this is a. I, it's never well, said. I, it's never said. I'm like, as if this is factual. It could be factual. Could be. I am not a practicing witch. I don't. If you are, please let me know. Yeah. Like, I don't, if I'm being factual sure. here, I'm not sure. Um, one of my favorite things though, is they use like whipped cream. You know, like you know, like that works to make the pentagram. Yeah. Uh, my my note here is that the music makes it not as serious as it is. The music is very Home Alone, very Batman esque. Uh, I do believe that it, the music is very like kind of lighthearted, kind of like la 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 la, kind of like that, which does kind of suck the seriousness out of it until like yeah, you know, you know, needles for eyes until they start doing it. Um, but they do not complete the spell, which is like so fucking annoying to me. Like, of course it didn't work. Like, of course you have to, like, go through all of this again. Of course you have to kill him again and bury him again. And of course you're not going to tell the ants. But again, like, they buried him. Jess, I think you said this. They buried him so close to the house. 
Like, were they not going to notice this, like, giant plot that they dug up? Like, it was so close to the house. Like, Jesus. Uh, that's another, like, kind of gripe. I just have so many. I, I mean, I've watched Dexter twice. So I just have so many other thoughts of and they lived on a cliff. You know, they 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 are women who are very resourceful. I just felt like that was kind of obvious if we wanted to kind of, if we were trying to hide anything we weren't supposed to be doing. Especially like zombie, you know, like zombie situation. I, I would feel personally burning is a good option. Um, again, uh, we don't do the crimes, crimes. We, we don't do crimes, but we have the ideas for how this crime could be a little bit better. Uh, just saying, uh, just saying, just saying, but moving on to phone tree, which is probably one of my favorite fucking scenes in the world. I just, I love phone tree so much. Nicole Kidman's entrance here. Oh my God. Uh, it was in the trailer, I believe. I remember seeing it on TV, the hang on to your husband's girls. Woo. Uh, that was in the trailer. Uh, this scene where Sandra Bullock is like, now, I'll, uh, now all I need is what naked without my homework, like a nightmare for school. And they turn into just like giggling sisters. Um, this thing that Sally was so stressed out about and she was like kind of snapping at Jillian about earlier at work. Um, and Jillian comes and she just like diffuses the situation. Love it. Well, she was stressed because it was something that she always wanted. And the, t like the, you know, the PTA moms, um, and, and I, and let me readdress the, the, the mean girl PTA moms, because obviously not all parents are like that. Um, she was like, she wanted to be a part of it, but she also was just like that anxiety buildup that comes with like, oh, but I have to deal with this and I want to be a part of it. But I also, you know, the stress, just like all the stressors that come with mean girls. And, you know, sometimes once a mean girl, always a mean girl, no matter how old you get, it doesn't, it doesn't grow out of you. And keep in mind, they're also in the same town that they grew up in. So it's all the same people that they went to high school with. And it's just kind of like, compounding on each other and Jillian is the sister that like left the hometown so here she is coming back and she's gonna be there for her sister and you know maybe and you know just the scene alone feels very like chaotic little sister so maybe that's makes sense why they're not twins either but they have each other's back no matter what, because even leading up to the scene, like you said, they're at work and she was like, why is she so mean? And then it was like the worker, like her, like uh, S Sally's employees, who's like, give her a break. It's phone tree day. And like, she just remembers, like, fucking, fucking people are out for my sister. And you know what? We're going to we're going to fuck around and find out because guess what? Little sis is back in town. It's so funny. She's like, is that a snake tattoo? It's amazing. Uh, she's like, that was you. That was you. No, that was me. And she's like, no, 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 no. That was me. On top of the phone list. Yeah, that was me. That was me. Love and it, it was like every single page. Yeah, she's like, you know what? It, fuck you guys. It would be it would be a shame to have these powers and not have a little bit of fun with it. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Something else that is amazing, that is iconic, that is something that when you think of this movie, I think of house, hair. Margarita's at Midnight. Margarita's at Midnight is just this iconic scene that I, I feel like everybody knows it, right? Um, I, I, I love how excited 
they are. Uh, when Jillian wakes up Sally with like the little like nose forehead thing that they do, and Sally's mm-hmm. like, da, 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 da. she's like, listen, listen, listen. And they're just like, yes, it's margaritas at midnight. Because you also know, like, when they were growing up, they were probably young enough where they either like were peeping through the staircase and like couldn't wait till they were old enough to yeah. participate. And here they are, because obviously, like, uh, Sally has the girls now, but they're sleeping. They're like, we get to do Finally. it and we get to do it together. And this is always like, it always feels like it's positive juju when, when they're doing midnight margaritas. And they're just like dancing and having so fun. Fun fact, Sandra Bullock brought um, some shitty tequila to set. So they were all drinking. They were all a little tipsy. Everybody was in on it except the cinematographer, I believe. How very Mamma Mia. Yeah. Even though this is like after <laughs> this movie came way before Mamma Mia. Oh, they're all just like dancing. And it's just, it's just so much fun. You can tell they're having fun. You can tell it's like good vibes. You can tell that that kitchen is just like so beautiful. And I want that kitchen so badly, so badly, so badly, so badly. Um, the Margaret is at midnight. You know, they're singing, they're dancing. It's very fun. It does devolve into like <laughs> hurling insults, um, hurling pretty nasty insults. You know what that reminds me of when everybody initially thinks never have I ever is a good drinking game initially till things get start getting really personal. I, I always, I love a good never have I ever till I don't. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what it is. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it, it gets pretty nasty. It's like, you know, we had to, to bind the love spell with molasses to get you to open your legs, Sally, because you're such a prude. Jillian, you're a slut. Uh, you know, like the everybody. Shaming. Yes. Everybody, everybody's like all up in everybody's business. But then it is revealed that they are drinking. Um, Jimmy's like brand of tequila. So it's like bad. It, it went from like good vibes to like bad vibes. And like someone left it on the porch. Like, I don't know where it came from, which was Ugh. wild because we know at that point that it had been emptied. Yes. No. Yeah. We, it had been emptied. Yeah. So it's just, it was very crazy, very crazy. So then, you know, the answer, like, what is this bullshit? This is bullshit. We smell bullshit. Clean up your mess. We're protecting the girls, but we're piecing the fuck out of here. Clean it up. They said clean it up because they didn't, they weren't honest with them. That's yes. what it was. They were like, what happened? What happened? And they're like, nothing, nothing, nothing happened. We're like, well, something happened. Yeah. We're not telling you. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And they knew it enough to even protect the girls. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, we can't be around, but, but they knew whatever was happening. They were like, here's like the special necklaces or something that they kept yep. had the girls. We are up to an hour into the movie. Uh, fun fact. Real witches, I say this, uh, like this movie, they say that it is, um, the ants are positive representations, they're positive role models, that is a positive representation of the craft, although, um, sacrificing doves, which is shown in the beginning, is not practiced in the craft. Um, but another reason why, uh, women in general really like this movie, which they do, obviously, because it's amazing, but, um, uh, Mr. Hallett here, what is his first name? Gary, Gary Hallett, which is the love interest for Sandra Bullock, does not show up in this movie until about an hour into it. And he is, the men are like accessories in this movie. He's like not really important to it. He's like kind of moves the plot around, you know, but like, you know, you know. Well, I mean, because this, at, at the end of the day, this isn't a love story. This isn't a love romance. It's about sisterhood mm-hmm. and family. And I, I mean, that's I, 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 there's there's nothing more to say. It's a wonderful, 
book, like you said, it's, you know, men are dessert. It's great if you have it. It's great if you don't. But like they're accessories. I think he's there just to like show and prove that like the curse is broken because it was like broken through like the love of sisterhood uh, and like, you know, everybody's blood together. But uh, and I think he just like shows that like, yes, you can have happiness now because it is done. Well, and also like when it's remember at the beginning of the movie that uh when Jillian and Sally are younger when you know their mom dies they're they find out about the curse they hear about the curse so Sally makes this spell and creates quote unquote the perfect man but to her it's not like he's the perfect man she created a man that was so unattainable so she couldn't she she was like I don't want to love so hard the way mom did and we lose her. I don't want I don't want that. And so she creates this unattainable person intentionally knowing I'll get married. I'll do this when it's when he hits these check boxes and thinking he's never going to exist. And now like it's also a way for her to kind of have faith in herself again and her magic because and because that that's when she's like, oh, shit. Like, I know I had real magic. But to have hate, hope and faith again, like, whoa. It's like, well, damn. Yeah, I did. That wasn't supposed to happen. Fuck me. I like this movie for a lot of reasons, obviously. But uh, one of them is because they give us like dates and stuff. And I like that. So this is March 8th. They are there. March 8th. Uh, Gary Hallett shows up March 8th. And uh, something that I do like is Sandra Bullock says, like, I don't think I can lie to him. I don't think I can lie to him. I think I'm having a heart attack, Jilly. Like, Jilly, you need to go talk to him. He's here to talk about, you know, this crime that we committed. Uh, and I can't lie to him. All I want to do is confess. But I feel like that part of that reason is because that he's the guy. He's the guy that she, like, created with her own spell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I, I hope that I didn't see that wrong. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but he's there and he has her letter and he also like really starts questioning them. It's just like on their bullshit because it is bullshit. Uh, he takes the Belladonna out of the car and then he starts questioning the town. And I want to bring this up because the town starts snitching. My, my note is snitching. Uh, he start the town is snitching on them being like, they're witches. They have like placenta bars. The old ladies, this is why I'm bringing this up. There, there are some old ladies in wheelchairs that are telling Gary Hallett that the ants eat and sell placenta bars to stay young. That's why they don't age, which is funny. Uh, we are also meant to kind of understand that the ants don't age because they are wearing very old-fashioned clothes throughout the whole thing. But also, just as you pointed out earlier when we were talking, they do stay the same age, though Jillian and Sally get older. And the girls get older, too. So it, that's just like a really fun like kind of thing. Like, obviously, it's like movie obviously <laughs> but but like the lore of the movie how they worked that in very fun uh very fun um but also uh, i don't know if you know this but this movie is kind of credited with the rise of like cottage core because a bunch of people watched it like our age watched it at a very formidable age and then wanted to emulate that when they grew up and this style couldn't can be like a type of cottage core and also very coastal grandmother because um when uh um when Hallett is in the store 
in Sally's store buying like overpriced shampoo. There's that whole scene. And she like storms out after him. She storms out. She's got her cardigan and she like wraps her cardigan around her. And <laughs> the, the wind cardigan, is like blowing in her hair. Cardigan. It's like a seaside town on an island, you know, and it's like picket fence. And, you know, there's like boats in the background. She's just like, <sighs> she's like all wrapped up in it. She does that several times when she's not running down the street. She's walking quickly, wrapping a cardigan dramatically around herself. And I'm all here for it cardigan's probably the most used prop yes oh and it has it's brown it has like little like jewels on it so pretty um i i bring up another time date and place because he goes mrs sally i need to question you how about i show up at your house tomorrow at 10 in the morning you love you love all the specifics we did that for daughters of the moon yes like yes thank you finally because i challenge listeners i challenge you to find me another movie that has a time date in place for a date that is happening that is that isn't like a like a dance or something where everybody like in a situation like this it is just really nice um and then then we have we have that whole we have that whole scene with like um jillian and kylie having their their like a mirrored conversation, right? Kylie's like, I can't wait to fall in love. And that is exactly what Jillian said when she was exactly the same age. And, and, and Jillian is looking at her and she's like, you know, it's that monologue. It's like when you have your arms out and you spin and spin and spin and spin and spin. That's what love is like. Oh, and, and Sally's daughters very much mirror the relationship that Sally and Jillie have. Yes, very much so. Very much so. They're, they're just adorable. Uh, my note here says that um, Nicole Kidman looks amazing in like tiny little glasses, and she does. She does. <laughs> it's, just, it's not fair. It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. Uh, but throughout this whole breakfast scene that we learn, we learn through all of the like, you know, things that uh, this man, Hallett, is the man that Sally had dreamed up uh, that she uh, thought wouldn't exist, but, you know, too perfect, but like whatever, he's here. Um, it's it's just really sweet because I want this setting. I want this breakfast table. I want all of this outside. Oh my god, it was just like so so incredible. Well, and this scene was fun because like this is after she's having her panic attack of realizing she can't lie to him for whatever reason. So then when he's starting to interrogate her, oh, did you kill? You know, she's like, why don't just call? Stop beating around the bush. Be direct with me. What do you want to ask me? And he goes, did you kill, you know, did you kill him? Did you kill Jimmy? And she's like, and when she realizes she can't lie, she was like, oh, yeah, a couple times. Because they did. Because they killed him once. They killed him again. They had to keep kind of till they finally buried his body. And at that point, he's like, "I, why do I know she's telling the truth? But that doesn't seem possible either. Then they make out in that in that scene. The other question: oh, First of all, first of all, sir, why are you questioning her in your bedroom? There is mm. there's a there's a different place that you could have gone. Uh, but I like the tension between them; it's very sweet. I like how they kiss there, uh, and they're he and. Oh. I like well, it. even that's that's when we find out about the letter. And she was like, how many times have you? She, he's like, oh, that's that's evidence or whatever. And she's like, how many times? Because that the amount of times he had read it and folded it and read. I mean, that paper was falling apart. It was close to being a tissue at that point with how soft it was. So you can tell that's why she's like, mm. he goes, I don't know. I can't help it. Like he's drawn to her, too, the second he sees her. But probably before then, because obviously he has this letter. He's probably drawn to her from this letter. And then everything starts unfolding. Um, 
can we flash forward to the end about for a second where yeah. she starts questioning? So what I do appreciate, you know, you have the spells, you have this, you know, drawn connection, blah, blah, blah. I do appreciate Sally's practicality where she goes, even if we're to, we end up together, how would we not doubt if it's our true feelings for each other or if it's like this mystic you know, component. That's why we're together. I love how logical she is about that because I, I would absolutely be thinking the same thing. I can't wait to talk about the end because I have something very, very funny to say. Uh, but yes, and that is another thing that doesn't very that does not happen very often in movies where people have that kind of like self awareness and be like, mm, but really, but really, maybe mm, uh, just another reason, just another reason to love this movie. Uh, we're up to the part where Halle sees uh, Jimmy's ghost. We love, we love it when a man is scared shitless and then has to confess that he read your letter a thousand times. Very sweet. Very sweet because he's shaking because he saw a ghost. Um, Nicole Kidman putting in the work, all of her possession scenes where she was like writhing around on the floor, they put uh, rubber floorboards underneath her so that she wasn't like cracking her head open. So good for her. I love it. Uh, but I do... I, I do love this, like, very, like, he's very vulnerable after Hatchet, or Hallett is very vulnerable after seeing the ghost. He's like, curses only have power if you believe in them, and I don't. Um, You know, I wish for you, too. And, like, this love isn't real. You know, it's just, you know, this whole thing. Um, But then, then we have, arguably, the best, the best scene in the movie. Um, Sally comes home. And I love this pink lighting that is behind her. My note says pink lighting. Uh, Sally comes home and Jillian is possessed as fuck. Possessed as fuck. And what does Sally have to do? Sally has to activate the fucking phone tree and she has to come out as a witch. And it's so cute. And I love it so much. She, everybody knew she was a witch, but she had to kind of take that ownership and like herself too because she's wanted to suppress it for so long unless when it was convenient for her and um i mean and this is another example of she knew jillian was possessed because there was like you know her sister's spidey sense was tingling but it was too late at this time so that's you know they had to activate everything they had to activate it and then they had to bring you know their their brooms and then you know you had one of the ladies who was a completely a non-believer but she was also like I've just always wanted to be included too it was like one of those like I didn't see you you know you didn't see me kind of thing and she brings her little like you know hand vacuum thing and then we have the mean girl we have Sarah uh, Sarah's the girl that was throwing the rocks and Sarah shows up and, you know, they're like, oh, we didn't think you would, we didn't think you'd be here. Sarah's like, well, I always wanted to see the inside of your house. That is, I would totally say that because I definitely <laughs> I wanna... would. I just want to see the inside of your house, like my whole life, like shit's raw. Like, oh my like God. The, the closest, like the, um, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the practical magic house around your house, near your house. When yes, walks. I love it. I love like, it so I please, much. Just like, please have an open house so I can just please. <laughs> yes, gosh. Um, so the whole point of this is they need a coven. They need a coven, um, you know, nine, nine, which is 12 is better, uh, to kind of purge this man who has, um, been squatting inside of Julie. And this is Jimmy, uh, like a toad. They say he's a toad and like toads come out and like whatever. Uh, 
it's it's very dramatic. It's very sisterhood. It's very like chanty. Uh, my note here is that some of the some of the women I, I'm going to call them like extras because they're not like really named get really fucking into it when in that like overhead shot. They're really into it. It's just it's really funny. Um, I, you know I I I love it. I love it. Um, but then we have the like sis the really good like sisterhood break the break the curse kind of part uh, where uh. Sally kind of coaxes Jimmy out of Jillian, and then they fucking slice their palms open again. Oh my god! But this time there's wind and light and like magic curse breaking, and like the women all get punched back. You're like pushed back. Um, very magical, very magical. But like, damn, damn. Maybe your palm hasn't healed yet because you're not a practicing witch. You know. Because everybody's palms always seem to heal. You got Bonnie Bennett. She shouldn't even have... I mean, I'm just saying. I... Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, I will speak more on this in our Wild and Wicked Things episode. So if you are interested to hear more on my thoughts about palm slicing, <laughs> make sure you tune into that. Whenever that might be. Uh, but when we're doing this palm slicing it's the whole chant is like your blood our blood maria's blood and the curse is lifted so we love that um you know and then the ashes of jimmy fall down it's like ladies let's clean house which is also you i know you love a bookend situation because that's the same thing that they said at the beginning of the movie when jillian was like running off she's like your blood our blood you know your blood Mm -hmm. my blood our blood so you had that at the beginning and then this is like the bookend situation of it being repeated Yes, which had to slice palms twice. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. Um, the the movie is essentially over here, uh, but uh, you know, um, uh, Hallett sends the ring back, and Sally calls for him because you know what? What would we do for the right guy? And he's the right guy. This is what I wanted to say when I said I wanted to talk about the ending. Uh, why is Sally in the woods? In a brown, like, lace flower dress, just chilling in perfect hair and makeup. And when she casually saunters out. Why is she in there? What is she doing? <laughs> like, she's perfectly, like, I imagine she's in, like, heels of some kind or, like, boots. What is she doing? She's so dressed up to come, like, waltzing out of the woods. Like, I, my thing is here is, like, woods, dress, sandals. What are you doing? Um... Very funny, very sweet, you know, very, it's a love story. It's a love story. I ordered this hat for my Halloween costume. There is a witch hat company called Everly Crumble and Witch. Uh, com. It's on Etsy as well. Just Google that. And they make a practical magic inspired. It is very close. Hat. And I did buy one and I bought the tights and I have this dress. So I will be going as one of the sisters, probably Sandra, Sally, uh, for Halloween. And uh, this is inspired by this ending, which is the witch jump when they all fly. Um, fun fact here, the extras in the town, the town being, I believe, Coopsville, uh, were paid 40 bucks to come and stand outside uh, and, and like be in this. So these are all like townspeople with the stars, which is very fun. Uh, love that. And the ending here is like, you know, but I know some things for sure. It's like salt over your left uh, shoulder, plant rosemary at your garden gate, you know, lavender for luck. And it's like, you know, fall in love whenever you can. Fall in love whenever you can. Uh, My note is a heart. So I'm glad you knew what the actual words were. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, but that's the end of this movie. God, it's so good. The music is like, oh, so good. Um, not the original score for this movie. Uh, the original score was tossed and another one was, um, brought in. It's very good. It's very whimsical. Yeah. And actually the music, like the, the final compo, like the person who did all the music for this wound up being Alan Silvestri, who, and if you're thinking like, wow, this, I mean, even the intro to this movie is so whimsical. We had looked into it. Right? Be like, who is this person? Cause it sounds, it really is whimsical. It's magical. It's perfect. He's also the person who does Forrest Gump and Castaway, the Polar Explorer. Express, Father of the Bride, The Bodyguard, The Mummy Returns, and he's involved with a ton of MCU projects. And I think most recently did Pinocchio, the live action, which makes sense because Tom Hanks was in that. And I guess he has like, a. am assuming based on like all the movies we also just listed, Tom Hanks is involved in a lot of those. So, um, so I, I mean, once you put that all together, you're like, wow. You know, I mean, before that, I really only knew two composer names, which was, you know, uh, Hans Zimmer, Zimmer and um, John Williams. Yeah, which are excellent composers, by the way. I mean, I mean those are like top tier. If you're, you're going to know some, those, those are, are the, the ones, ones to know. know. Damn. Uh, I have some fun facts. Would you like to hear them? Always. Fun facts, fun facts. Uh, the movie hired a witch consultant just to make sure they got everything right. Uh, and then like halfway through production, uh, wanted $250,000 more and a cut of the profits to which, haha, uh, <laughs> the production company said no to which ha- the witch cursed the movie. <clears throat> That's a fact. Uh, and the director was like a little bit freaked out about it. So he got an exorcism just, just to make sure, just to make sure everything was good. I wonder if because this didn't perform so great on the box office, they, and you're like, oh, it's because of that damn hex. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> uh, Stalker Channing was not the original uh, choice here. They wanted Vanessa Redgrave, which would have been very interesting. Um, there were two TV spinoffs that were never made. And there was a prequel that was derailed by COVID um, that had uh, Jenna Duane Tatum. Is it still Tatum? No, no, they're divorced. She's yep. like mar- she Jenna remarried. Jenna Duane. Jenna Duane attached to it, but it hasn't had any like movement since COVID and nobody knows what's going on with it. Uh, Stevie Nicks sings the official, like unofficial official theme song, which is funny because, you know, rumors, which yeah. uh, shot on location in some places in Washington state at Friday Harbor and Coopsville. This is based on a book. It's different from the book. Uh, the Ants Kids and Jimmy are all different in the book. And the apothecary shop is actually in Coopsville on Whit- Whitby Island. And in real life, it is a bakery. Huh. Those are all of my fun facts that I can think of. Well, I would ask, would you watch this again? But oh we God, already know you do. So. <laughs> of course. Of course I would watch this again. Oh, my gosh. Um, more so, I would take, I would take uh, Jillian's hair color to my stylist if... If I could, but I can't, you know, she, she would say no, uh, she would just, she, yeah, she'd say no, uh, you know, I would do a lot of things. I would build that house. I would, <laughs> yeah, I would do so much. I would do so much. Yes. I absolutely, absolutely love this movie. It is a feel good movie. Um, something that the critics pointed out is that when this came out, they didn't know where to put it because it was like too scary for kids because of the Jimmy stuff. And like, you know, the hitting and the like violence and stuff. Too scary for kids, but like too silly and not like plot heavy for adults, which I don't agree. 
Um, so that they didn't, so like critics, they didn't know where to put this. And that's why it's like low, uh, which I can, I, I guess I understand because like, it is kind of scary for kids with the Jimmy and like the violence and stuff. Um, but like, I also think it's like one of those, you know, back in the day when like video stores existed and we're totally dating ourselves. Um, you, you would, sometimes you would go to the, to the, you know, to the video store and pick out a family movie. So I can understand why the success of this happened in the home entertainment window and not necessarily in the box office window, because that's kind of when the parents start gauging, you know, depending on families, um, Let's pick out a movie together. Let's sit down and see if this has, you know, if we could sit down with everybody and kind of watch it. And there's a little bit more censorship when it comes to specifically like younger kids. And, you know, everybody says like, well, it's up to the parent to gauge, you know, what kind of content the child is consuming. So I can see we're like, oh, you know, just like when you shop at a bookstore and you're just picking out the cover, you know, you're like, oh, what's this book about? And you pull it off the shelf. It was the same concept. I could have been like, oh, well, this seems like a good one. Let's just watch it together. It's kind of like you know, festive for like fall, Halloween, whatever the vibe you were going for was. So you have not seen this movie like a thousand times. So no. is this when you watch this movie the first like couple times, because I feel like if a movie is good, you can you should watch it like at least twice before you like really talk about it because you want to really absorb it. So you've seen this more than twice. Uh, is this movie like what you expected when you went into it? No, I just, I didn't know what I was expecting. I told you I knew the highlights or not even, I wouldn't even say that there were highlights. I didn't know it was a song, it was a movie about sisterhood. I knew about like the kitchen scene, but I didn't know. I just knew them dancing around the table. Um, I didn't know because I knew the two moments separately of Sandy and her husband running down the street that moment. And then the kitchen scene separately. I didn't realize that they were from the same movie. Like the overlap, I think I might have thought they were just like two different things until I put them together as I got older. Um, I think I did. So I didn't realize the sisterhood about it. I thought because, you know, I thought it was probably love focused. You know, I knew it was a witch movie. Um, I knew Nicole Kidman's hair. I love when she like does a role in her red hair. It's my favorite thing ever. Um, I, I really didn't know what I was going to take away from it. But I knew with your encouragement and like insisting that we had to watch this together. That's when I was like, okay, there is a strong component of female friendship and empowerment and the importance of sisterhood. And that's when I was like, okay, there's going to be a takeaway, but nobody ever talks. Of, I feel like I've never heard somebody have an actual conversation about it, except, you know, maybe outside the, oh, have you ever seen Practical Magic? That was really it. Like, I've never heard anybody really have the, the, the dialogue that we're having. Shout out to friend of show, Becky, who really loves this movie, who suggested this movie, and who reminded us that... There are movies that we love that are about sisterhood that we are so familiar with that we don't even recognize the message anymore because we're so like, this is a comfort movie. I love this movie. We are not critically thinking about this movie. Shout out. Thanks, Becky. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Because this is just... 
absolutely incredible. You know how we feel about sisterhood. And thinking about the statement that the men are the accessories here, they are, and that's wonderful. So more of this, and someone please build this house for me. <laughs> please, and thank you. And I would be so approved. You're telling me I could visit you in your witch house? I'd be so excited. I mean, you're in your witch house now, but your practical magic witch house. Please give us a little time on the house. <laughs> Maybe, you know what? Well, we can build the shell. I think we can. The shell. The collectively, shell. collectively, we can build the shell. I just put a tarp in the back. That's fine. That's close enough. We'll just, you know, we'll just do, we'll just That's do a the metaphor. perimeter. We'll just do the perimeter. We can it's a metaphor for something. <laughs> metaphor for something. My gosh. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And if you feel so kind to write a positive review or rate us on one of your social listening pl- platforms, we'd be greatly appreciate it. Appreciate it. So thanks again and talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.